good people peace fee how you feeling today man i was feeling somber but just now karigo was rubbing my leg and he found some crumbs <laughs> that just made me laugh <laughs> that's for my toast how are you feeling um a little crummy in my palms no not crummy <laughs> no i feel great thank you all for tuning in to another episode of soul affirmations with felicia and karigo with Kariga and felicia and most importantly you well Today, we're going to have a conversation about September, huh? We can have a conversation about September, October, November, wherever you want. It's, yes, September is a point of origin of a story, but the journey is ever-changing, so I'm with you. Well, thank you. Well, with you being with me, I think that's, we're talking about September today. And remember, man, I actually don't know what's said right there before he says September. Um, do you remember what Lauren said? Oh, the 21st. Okay, I had to give you different. Thank you. Yeah, Lauren did that for me. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, um, do you have an affirmation? For I, us. I do have an affirmation, but I wanted to contextualize like that. I know that you regard September as a month of a holy month, a holy month, a month yeah. of that's the first thing. It's a holy month. Okay. Okay. It's where I observe miracles and wonders. Okay. All right. Wonders are things without answers. And I think I am still investigating how September feels for me. Mm-hmm. And with that, I have an affirmation from my book that Kariga scooted over to me today that I did, that I did not want to read from. And it's um, it's legit a really good book and one of my favorites, man. But when you're like really feeling that grief, I get. I mean, I guess it's in practice, right? Like in in the middle of grief, sometimes I do not feel like coming here, right. I could understand that, but also in the middle of the grief is how you got here. Well, page 74 (laughs) says, acknowledging the pain in my grief is an act of self-love. And I just opened it up and this is what it was. And I was like, all right, this is what it will be. Acknowledging the pain in my grief is an act of Mm self-love. That's a unique type of self-love. And I could certainly understand how interacting with any pain can be a thing that we often don't want to come to. Yep. But the self-love makes it worth coming to. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, I like that reframe. And um, I didn't write that affirmation in the middle of feeling pain. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bar. I didn't. Hell no. Um, Hell no. But it was definitely after several months of experiencing pain and learning how to be okay with not being okay. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I feel like, I don't want to say like I've mastered that, but I have engaged in the practice enough to be able to identify my feelings and give them space. But life has changed so much since 2019, 2020, and 2021, right? And my day-to-day looks incredibly different than it did when I just had time to have those conditions to meet my emotions where they were. And it's not that I don't have the time to do that now. I'm sure I could probably make that time for myself. But I think when you have stepped away from the practice of it for an extended amount of time, there is a little bit of apprehension to jump back into it because I know what it feels like. And nobody enjoys the feeling of pain. Like it's pain. Well, maybe there are people that enjoy pain. In my lived experience, it is not something that I typically enjoy or would willingly like participate in. Mm-hmm. But when I think about how you regard September as a holy month and as a month of miracles and wonders, mm-hmm. I can accept that. And I think that it's great that you're able to see it that way. And I feel like great is such like small word for really how I feel about it. It's, I don't know, I think maybe courageous, maybe even it's incredibly resilient. But you're also someone that really has mastered like the reframe. So it doesn't surprise me that you would find those feelings the first September. And I, I can't speak for you. I'm sorry. I'm just. No, no, you're not. I don't, I don't feel you're speaking for me. I think you're. Speaking of what you've been observing, you're speaking of how you've seen it, right? So you you are more than free to speak about what you see or how you feel about what you see. I think this year I'm feeling a little differently about September. And that surprises me because sometimes you think that you've like mastered this grief that you've been participating in. But that don't be changing, man. It changes. (laughs) Just like the healing process changed. That's why healing is changing and ongoing because the grieving process is changing and ongoing. And this year feels differently than it has felt for me in the years prior. I am approaching the fourth birthday. The fourth. And I have so many emotions around it. I think last night I was putting Kamali to bed again and she kept talking about she loves me every couple of minutes so she couldn't go to sleep. And what'd you and what'd you do this time? (laughs) I kept telling her I loved her too. Okay. Okay. Better better be how it went. You say I love you and now go to sleep. You don't just say go to sleep. You tell my baby you love her. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm but not. I was sitting in the rocking chair in the same place that I thank God for Kamayu. And I was looking at the picture. The picture is still like diagonally. It's right directly across from the rocking chair, you know. And I was just thinking to myself like, wow, this is about to be year four. And 
so much has changed. And I'm, I found myself incredibly grateful that I had the time and the conditions to feel everything that I felt without having the responsibility of having to be anyone else's mother at that time or to do anything else for anybody. I didn't have any other responsibilities. I was left to process my my grief. And I'm grateful for that because I think it created a relationship. It created the conditions for me to have a relationship with my daughter and also to affirm my identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But man, when I look across and I saw that picture and I'm just like, damn, time really fucking moved. It just keeps moving. And my feelings about her don't change, right? Even though sometimes I feel like I've mastered feeling the pain of it. This year, it, the pain as I'm approaching September, and I mean, now I'm in it, just it's different. Like I, I, I would rather skip over September and just like coast through it without having to feel the emotions. That's how I feel this year. And it doesn't feel like it's holy month to me. It doesn't feel like there are any miracles or any wonders. This the miracle to me would be that she would be here playing with Kamali. That's what the miracle would be for me. I can't identify anything else. But that's not what the reality is. So I am left to acknowledge the pain that I'm feeling and remembering that it's just a part of my process and to be okay with that. But yeah, it feels differently this year. I really respect your voice, your process, your honesty. It is one of the truest parts of this marriage. This relationship is how honest you have been about your feelings. And I'm never afraid of your honesty because of what it encourages us to find. And if you don't say anything at all, then we may not find the spaces in between that really help us all hold, you know, the experience of grief. So I just really respect it. I, re- I respect how you, yeah, your pace and your truth, right? And when we're talking about what I remember of September, uh, 29th leading into the 30th, right? I wasn't having contractions. Mm-hmm. I wasn't uncomfortable in my body. I w- my hips weren't sore from laying on one side. I wasn't prepped up on a <laughs> on several pillows, <laughs> right? I didn't have to waddle. I didn't have to push. Didn't have to deliver. I didn't sign paperwork right away, you know? So there is a big difference. Though we're together, her parents the same. There is a difference for what I experienced and what you experienced. And then the days after, right? We can talk about her birthday, but the body, what your body had to do to heal and the stitches and the sutras mm-hmm. and the removal process and the staying out of the water, like all the, th- you had a different journey. And I think it would be unfounded if you let somebody else name your reframe or your journey. 
when you were the only one that had to walk it that way. Mm. Right. I walked out the hospital before you could walk out the hospital. So there were things I needed to be able to see and say for myself, reframe for myself, my job, my my role in this process of grief and angel parenthood. It looks different than yours. But fortunately, in this union, we know that difference doesn't mean deficit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So our difference is where the contrast opens. I love the contrast. I love when I see like a color grade and you see how many different shades of a color can exist mm -hmm. in like this hue and it, and it mm -hmm. creates art, mm -hmm. right? It's called art. So I think there's also art between your feelings, my feelings, the realities in between and how we express them. Mm. Um, so I make room for it because it is, it has always proven to be the best practice and the best outcome when you have room to process and investigate grief. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'm with that. Hearing you cry about the fourth birthday touches me. I still have to learn how to be okay in the best ways I can when you cry. Mm. Those tears still remind me of that day in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Those tears still remind me of the days after when it would be absolutely silent and you would just wail. Mm -hmm. and how I had to learn how to hear those things and be present with you, but not feel the need to interrupt them or alleviate them. So much of this work is based around alleviating the conditions that cause our suffering. But it's unique because in this instance, alleviating the conditions that cause the suffering doesn't look like changing anything that happened to you. Mm -hmm. Alleviating the condition that causes suffering looks like making sure that you don't have to suffer in silence. Yes. So we create the conditions for you to speak, to remember, to feel. So the suffering is not the life you have to live. The suffering is having to live that life without being able to say how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to let you cry and not seek to interrupt it. I've had to learn how to let you emote and not seek to interrupt it because if it's that uncomfortable for you then certainly I can exist in that as well I don't have to change it I can be with it and learn from it so that has been one of the harder inner workings of grief for me is watching you cry and knowing that there is nothing for me to interrupt, but there's also, it is not my place to interrupt. And interrupt doesn't mean like you can't cry. Interrupt looks like wanting to tend to your tears so you don't have to cry. But the truth of the matter is, you must. So I've had to learn how to let that happen. My heart just swells to hear you share that, um, what you're experiencing. Like, when you say how you feel about September and when you talk about your experiences from that day, it is incredibly heartwarming to know that you are feeling something as well. 
even though it is different than what I'm feeling. To hear your voice is so comforting. And it definitely like is a blanket for me. Like I don't feel, I don't feel alone. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And because of that, I would love to learn more about how you see September and how you are able to find the reframe in miracles and wonders. I, um, I thought about why you were saying how comforting it was to hear my voice and that I do feel something, you know, at year four of Kamayu's birth anniversary. I could want to not say very much and just move in the knowing. But it's every single day of my life, every single day of my life since she's been born, I've said something about her. Mm. The same way I call Kamali's name every single day of her life since she's been born. Even if I'm not with her, I'm going to say something about her. So sometimes it's not my grief that I necessarily want to talk about more than I just want to talk about my child. But since my child is connected to my grief every day, I have to do some of that discovery work. And I had to choose the conditions for me that made this able to carry. Like not so heavy that I have to leave it somewhere and then only come back to it. I had to make it adaptable, a part of me. Mm. so I could carry it everywhere every day the same way we learn how to carry our children on our hips or prop them up in that arm you learn to do all these things with one arm that you never thought you'd be doing right um washing dishes cooking um, recording a whole album (laughs) um it 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 doesn't stop right I've had to use the bathroom with her in my arms how annoying right (laughs) But (laughs) we don't even take inventory of how we make the adaptations for our children who are Earthside. We just do it. And we don't talk about what it takes to do it. You just do it. And if you're carrying in groceries with your toddler, you're going to pick up your toddler and carry the groceries. You just do it. And nobody is saying ooh and ah and wow, right? Mm -hmm. Unless we are like continental Africa and we see them do like extraordinary things with their babies, (laughs) right? Like, the baby is like tied to their back and they are all working together and it happens in other villages. But what I'm saying is it's just an expectation that we move through the world with our children. There is very little expressed or very little expectation of how we move through the world as angel parents. Mm-hmm. And just really quickly, I was in the gym the other day. <laughs> I'm in the gym and I'm wearing a, a Hampton sweatshirt mm-hmm. and an OG come to me. And he say, hey, man, I don't mean to interrupt you. I see you on your climb. But does that sweatshirt say Hampton? I say, yeah. And I don't know why these two questions I always ask in tandem with Hampton. But like, did you go? Yeah. Did you graduate? Right. right Those wait, two questions right. I always asked. Right. So I tell him yes to both. <laughs> Dang, him, did you graduate? That's <laughs> OK. But did you go? Did you graduate? Yeah. Tell me about I'm telling about Hampton. He's talking to me about it. And I'm telling he's like, you from here? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not from Oakland. I just. I relocated to serve here. I told him a little about my migratory patterns, the whole nine. 
we end up getting into the history. I let him know I'm Brooklyn born. He happens to be from Harlem. But he asked me a very specific question around the sweatshirt. And I told him, yeah, we, we relocated here to open a school. But my life's work changed when I had an encounter with grief. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, I know about that. So I tell him that we were educators uh, and founders at Roses and Concrete in Oakland. But when our first daughter was born and we experienced a double transition of our daughter, it changed my life's work. This man was asking me about Hampton because he told me his son's best friend went to Hampton. And I thought that was unique. Mm -hmm. And the reason why he had an affinity for it because his son's best friend was really close to him but his son has also transitioned Mm. and i'm in the gym talking to this man about the grief of our children oh wow i think fatherhood and angel parenthood and angel fatherhood might look a little different Um, i don't have very many things physiologically to show that she was born all i can do is speak of her every day every way and uh When I do that, it is always the best decision I can make. When no matter where I'm at, I don't see it as inconvenient to tell somebody about my experience with grief. Hmm. It's always the best decision. It has never been met. I'm not going to do the math, but let's just go 365 times four. It has never been met with that awkward feeling that we thought we would get. So by this time, I am well rehearsed in the knowing. That even if it is some level of discomfort, it is better to speak about my child. Mm. The world is experiencing grief. And I think that I told you that I can't alleviate the condition that caused your suffering. So the pain you feel. But one condition I can alleviate is the silence. Mm. Right. So I speak her name every day. And it has proven to be one of the best decisions I can make because it makes me and whomever I'm talking to less divided by our differences, right? Yeah. We were in T-Mobile the other day, right? And I'm talking to the dude about my phone breaking and talking to him about our work and grief. Mm-hmm. And he suddenly went from uh, a sales associate to a person hmm. who says, I have not done the best with my grief since my adolescence, but I'm making my way. So it transforms any setting, any room, anywhere into the rightful thing for us to do. But I named that as like two phenomena. That's this week. Wow. The week that we're the week that I'm currently recording this episode, these phenomena happened this week. So this is my life every day. And you know, I talk to more people than Felicia did, right? <laughs> just, just, just in public, I talk to more people. People be recognizing you though. But I and even, and even if they don't, people be recognizing me. Just let that breathe. <laughs> okay. But even when they don't, when I speak as Kamayu's father, it is one of the most honest things I can do. I won't let it go silent. I won't let it be a little known fact. I won't make it a secret. And I won't say not today. Mm. Right. But when you ask me about these miracles and wonders, I like miracles. We can think of miracles as however you want to frame them, right? Whether that comes from your, your understanding of the spiritual realm, whether that comes from your um, experiences in gospel music, right? 
in church, however you define miracles, they can be. The wonders are really the the part that draws my attention. Mm. The wonders are things that I can't fully explain. My personality requires time to sit with wonders. Things that have not been fully resolved or don't make sense yet, but they are happenings. They are occurrences that speak to some part of me. When I meet people like the brother I met in the gym who asked me about a Hampton sweatshirt and let's just name that in metropolises or anywhere, when you have on your HBCU, Nelia, it's a community building, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. People might recognize you. I might say what's up in traffic. Right. But for this to start at Hampton and to end with a conversation about Kamayu and his son, it was the most important thing. And that that's a wonder to me. Yeah. Right. That I would leave the house wearing this. And it wasn't just what year or I came out this year or this person went this year. His son never went. His son never went. His son's best friend did. Mm. That's a wonder. I need room to observe the wonders. Mm. They keep me going. They inform my faith. They ground me. They lift me. It is, it is my special experience of being her father. Like, why wouldn't she create a world for me different than the world I walk in? Why wouldn't she set me apart? She chose to come to us and, and she sees how we love her. So why would my days be the same as they used to be? Mm. My days will never be the same as they used to be. Especially not in September. So the miracles and wonders, people hear miracles all the time. And when they think about the, uh, you know, like just this idea of like things happening and good things happening, right? That's what we think miracles are. But the reason why for me it has to be miracles and wonders because there's other things happening, things that aren't fully resolved. (laughs) They're just indicators that I must not stop. They're indicators that I must continue. They're indicators for my willpower. They're indicators for what it means to be a father, uh, to get up before my family, to make sure my family's needs are met. When you were breastfeeding and I wasn't, I had a different responsibility than you. Right. So. I think because fatherhood is so. Under discussed. It leaves angel fatherhood to be less discussed, and I know this to be true because there were no men in the parental grieving groups that I went to. None, not figuratively, literally none. So my experiences don't even get brought up. They're not even talking about angel fathers during neonatal infant loss awareness month. That's not a space for our voices. That's a space for mother's voices. And because I've been in September a couple times over, I had to declare for myself that it's a, a holy month of miracles and wonders so that my experiences have voice, Mm. have room, have remembrance, but also document these miracles and wonders for somebody who is in the beginning of their journey or for myself later in the journey. When you can be fatigued, 
when you experience other losses. So I love the miracles. But the wonders do not look over the wonders. They are the deep happenings that cannot be fully explained yet, but they they're an indicator that something else is happening beyond the realm you can see. Make an adaptation to my affirmation here. To because I think what I'm hearing from you is the same with what it is that I'm doing. It's the acknowledgement of the pain. It's the acknowledgement of the miracles. It's the acknowledgement of the wonders that is an act of self-love in this grieving process. And that though there are differences across that spectrum, right, they are, each of them hold significant weight. Significant weight to to the journey, to the process. Absolutely. Every time I go out, you know how many men I've talked to about Kamayu? I was at Okana, right? And he was like, oh, I didn't know you had two daughters because he was watching some of the content that came out around Father's Day with me and Black Love. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him, yeah, I do. You see me with one, but there's one that precedes her. And he was like, you were speaking so matter-of-factly, so I thought I didn't know your other daughter. And I'm like, well, this is who she is. And you can't see her, but she is here. Yeah. You know what that feels like having that conversation on Lakeshore? You know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, it's, um, yeah, there is no difference, but I love that we take time to remember. We take time to remember. The fact of the matter is I feel it all still. I still feel the pain. I still feel the unresolved. I still feel the wish of watching her grow, of, of knowing that like the picture that I see of her is, is, is a frozen picture, right? But it isn't in my character or my tendency to let the thing that whooped my ass yesterday whoop my ass the same way today. Mm. You're going to have to whoop my ass differently. I may not win, but you're going to have to whoop my ass differently. You're not going to whoop my ass the same way you did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That's me, though. That's just me. That's how I get up. So I remember things. And I say, today is going to be a different day. Today is going to have to be a different way. Even if I don't win, it's going to have to go differently. Mm-hmm. This is my, this is my reframe. Thank you, Riga, for sharing and making space for me to articulate what it is that I'm feeling. And then also have the courage to say what it is that you're feeling. May I, may I also, though, you may not have the words, but I see the practice. I see the feelings. For me, those are as important of happenings. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. Your honesty and even the pace at which you move in your honesty has never been inconvenient. Even when, in the early onsets of your grief, when we didn't know when you'd get out of bed, we didn't know what it was going to be. I'm so glad you did it that way. You weren't governed by somebody else's expectation of you. Mm-mm. That is the gift you offer us, Fee. That you're not moving on somebody else's expectation. 
So when so when a word or idea or a philosophy doesn't feel right for you, I love that you take room to explore that and figure out what makes more sense for you. It's the only way. It's my act of self-love. Come on. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Kariga and Felicia. With Felicia and Kariga. <laughs> Abundant love to our executive producers, Crystal Hill. But most importantly, you, the community that creates the conditions for us to do this co-discovery work. From our family to yours, may we all love more abundantly. Massive love. Peace.